Hey everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Real Nerds. I am your host, Ryan. To my left is... Brad. Right? James. And this week we saw The Thing. We did. Which is a prequel to The Thing, which is a remake of The Thing. Uh, oh, fuck. Yeah, it So is. I hope I didn't confuse anybody there. And this new movie is not a remake. It is not. It's but a prequel. it's still called The Thing. Yeah, exactly. All it's right. all about confusing. Um, this week, as always, we're brought... Uh, Birdman Barbecue is sponsoring us. It's the Sauce Baby. Go to your local Ace Hardware and purchase some Birdman Barbecue. In the meantime, let's do some real news. No. Um, <laughs> oh, you're gonna go on a long one that time. <laughs> uh, yeah, what were we gonna start with? Uh, oh, the Avengers trailer. Yeah, the Avengers trailer came out this week, and it was badass. Brad, did you see it? I did not see it. Did Did you intentionally not see it, or did you just like miss it? I just missed it. I haven't been paying attention to the geek news on the internet. He's he's been self-absorbed. So you, so you basically haven't been on the internet. Okay. Um, but anyways, it I thought was it was, great. I thought it was really cool, and it set up the characters really well. And I actually think that the unseen menace, besides Loki, is uh, the scrolls from who are shape shifting aliens. Yeah, the scrolls. Because there's a shot in the trailer where Captain America has a shield up, and then uh, Thor is gonna rain down on him with his hammer. How do you pronounce his hammer again? Mjolnir. The Mjolnir. Or Mjolnir. But it's spelled so bizarrely. It's M J O L N E R, right? Yeah, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. And uh, so that's why I think it's the. That they think they don't trust each other, or it could be they—that's when they first meet. I don't know. Yeah, that's the thing is, I'm, I, you know, you know that there's going to be some clashing and stuff, but well, they touched on that in the trailer too with uh, Captain America and Iron Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, my favorite shot in the trailer is Iron Man comes out of the water or he's on a ship, and the camera like follows his propulsion up in the air. Yeah, and then it goes and you see New York City, and then he shoots into New York City. It's a wicked shot. It is. It is. And there's some really there's a couple little quips of dialogue. But it's cut in such a way that I don't think it gives away too much of what's happening. No, I but don't even know But a few little lines, especially the one at the end, which I don't want to give away for Brad since he's uh, intentionally avoiding it. That's not true. <laughs> um, is, uh, you guys are describing there. it when people can just easily just go on and watch it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, but I want to say something about the line. There's a line at the end that Iron Man t- says something to Bruce Banner about, you know, like, yeah. oh, I'm a big fan of yours, especially when you turn into a, a you know, giant green monster that feels very uh, Joss Whedon-y, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, and it made the consultant, the little Marvel one-shot at the end of the Thor, mm. way cooler because the consultant at the end of Thor is Tony Stark. And he... Yeah. Because the, the setup's really cool. They use Agent Coulson. He wants to... Uh, not He doesn't want the Abomination. Who wants the Abomination? General Ross. Or somebody wants the Abomination as part of the Avengers. Yeah. And uh, so he sent Tony Stark in, and that's that little tag scene at the end of The Incredible Hulk, where he tries to talk him into it, and it's so it makes it pretty funny. Yeah, did you see that? They want the, to use the Abomination as part of the team? Well, yeah. did, did you see the little... Tim Ross character. The Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the little short film called The Consultant that Marvel made that was... Where did they put that out? Um, the end of Thor? It's on the Thor disc. Yeah, Thor disc. Yeah, it's I mean. not at the end oh, of Thor. It's, yeah, a, it's no. on the Thor disc. Did you see that? No. Oh, it's really cool because it sort of ties. Uh, I think we talked about this in a previous podcast. It ties together the little post-credit sequences from the movies leading up to the Avengers. So all of a sudden, there's sort of a story, and you find out, as Ryan just said, that Iron that Tony Stark was the consultant and was sort of. And they send know, him in to like piss people off. Making it's shit funny. happen. Yeah. 
So anyways, yeah, the Avengers trailer was awesome. Mm-hmm. It so was. You should, you should check that out, and it makes me excited for it. Yeah. And, I, you know, as I look at the release schedule for next year, the Avengers in May, Spider-Man May 2nd, I mean July 2nd, and then Batman July 18th. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. It's going to be a good July year. July 21st. Or is it 21st? It's yeah. like two or three weeks after Spider-Man. I don't remember and then exactly. the year after that is what? Iron Man... And Thor. Iron Man 3 and Thor 2. And they just... And Thor 2 doesn't come out until the yeah, fall. Yeah, and Thor so. 2 got Patty Jenkins to be the director. Is that her name? I don't remember. She's She, uh, she directed... Um, Monster with Charlie Theron. Yeah. And she's directing Thor 2, so... What was the last thing she directed, though? There was something she just I did. I don't remember. Oh. But her big one's Monster, obviously. And it's, it's an interesting choice because, too, I guess they're going against convention because they did cast Kenneth... I mean, they did hire Kenneth Branagh to be the director of Thor, and he's really not a big action-y guy either. Oh, um... Oh, The Killing. She, yeah. She's the woman who oh, created yeah, yeah. The Killing. And that's... That was... I only remember and she that directed, that the title of the I think I was reading, she directed episodes of Arrested Development and stuff like that, if I remember hmm. reading her little bio correctly. Yeah. But so, it's, it's, a, it's a good, interesting choice. It means yeah. that they're still going for sort of a more dramatic... Um, direction for that uh, franchise, and that's cool. And um, I don't know what news James has, but you know, I saw a couple other things. They are not going to make Tower Heist uh, premium yeah. on demand. Yeah, for sixty, just... uh, sixty dollars. Sorry, we said sixty nine last week. It's sixty dollars. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was the only way I was going to be able to see it. I know. And when we the saw theaters. the new trailer today, dude, didn't you want to see it more? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. No, that movie looks I still kind of want to see it because it's the best Eddie Murphy has been since, like, I don't know, Pluto Nash. But still. <laughs> um, You're, you saw that movie? I saw that movie in theaters. Dude. You're probably the only one. Me and my brother went and saw Pluto Nash in theaters, and I kind of enjoyed it when I was 12. <laughs> so, is that how old go. that movie is? Damn. I don't know. I was younger. I was probably 15 or something like that. So, yeah, so. Still, sorry, Atlanta, and what was the other? Test City, Boston, or something? You guys will not be... Oh, yeah, that's right. It was only in two cities anyway. Yeah, you're not going to be able to enjoy it for $60 in your own home. Yeah. Which you weren't going to do anyway. You know, this week we had a special request... We did. ...of news to talk about. Did you see that? No. Uh, Sierra, who doesn't listen to the podcast, (laughs) wanted to know what we thought about... uh, Did you hear about this? This lady is suing... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's creating a class action lawsuit to sue, I don't know, fucking everybody because she didn't like Drive. Actually, it's worse than that. She thought that Drive was going to be more like Fast and the Furious. She's basically yep. complaining that the product she was promised was misrepresented. Exactly. Yes. Which but, I'm pretty sure might be the first time in the history of cinema that this has happened. Oh, yeah. <laughs> easy. And well, here's actually, the thing. I read, uh, I read the funniest... Sorry. I, I, they, no, go they, ahead. They go were ahead. talking about how she was misrepresented. And then someone on IGN put a comment. And this guy's like, I want my money back for horrible bosses. They made me believe that Jennifer Aniston was a horrible, horrible boss in there. If a sexed up hot boss was coming on to me, I don't think that's a horrible boss. I think that's a winning boss. It was like <laughs> freaking hilarious. Uh, but she also went on to say in the lawsuit that what it was was violent and racist and uh, to Jewish people. Yeah, she said it was anti-Semitic. Yeah. Which, I guess because there are some Jewish mobsters in the movie, means all... Honestly, what she's doing is racist, because she's there. it's a movie that has some Jewish mobsters in there, and so she assumes that all Jews are being portrayed as mobsters. It, she's, she's generalizing in the worst ways. Did she um, miss Godfather Part 2? <laughs> <laughs> um, but part of the problem is, I don't remember if it was screened or slash film, but somebody put out a... Uh, 
there was an article where they posted the the Fast Five trailer right next to the Drive trailer, and they are drastically different movies. They really are. For one thing, uh, the Fast Five trailer is full of like guns and shooting people and everything. I think one of the first things lines of dialogue that's in Drive is him saying, "I don't carry a gun. I don't go in. Yeah. All I do is drive." For five you minutes, realize, I'm yours. Yeah, for five minutes, you know. And you realize, like, no, this is not like this is a movie about a guy who who drives really well. I'm sure there's going to be some action and stuff, but that's it. And Fast Five is clearly, like, that trailer is cookie-cutter action movie. And if you don't know enough about movies to be able to tell the difference between those two things, then don't complain. Like, it's dumb. It's straight-up stupid. Yeah, I mean, that's part of the bad thing about our society is you can sue anybody for anything, obviously. And uh, what a bunch of bullcrap. Now, I will say I don't think that the trailer for Drive really represents what that movie is in the best way um, but I don't know I don't know that I mean that's such a unique movie that I yeah. don't know how you would sell that but movie. I mean even what movie does I mean even last week we saw Real Steel and that yeah. did, trailer didn't represent what that movie was about at all I mean robots fighting but it didn't really touch on the father and son story or yeah, his redemption really. so I mean yeah yeah so it's something that happens all the time and you, yeah. you just have to sort of be okay with it because the the thing is, I don't want what I don't want the other side of this. Yeah. I don't want a trailer that clearly tells me exactly what I'm gonna get, and then when I go to the theater, I just get a longer version of the trailer. Yeah, like what That's, was that new Marky Mark movie? Was it uh, Contraband? Contraband. I'm uh, pretty much sure we saw the whole movie there. We did. <laughs> we did because they showed him dropping all the money that he was thing in the river. I'm like, wait, isn't that? I'm pretty sure there He's will be, be a more. Criminal, and then he got out of it. And then his relative gets into it, and he has to help his go back to being a criminal to help his where relative. Was where was that kid too? He's in another movie where he was beat up, and yeah, he was. Oh, he's remember. Banshee. <laughs> in, uh, oh, that's X Men. Right. That's yeah, where yeah, that kid's yeah, from. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think we saw all of that movie though, because there will be more sexy shots of Kate Beckinsale, and that's okay with me. Yeah. If that was the whole movie, I'd, I'd pay ten bucks. That's too. all she did in the trailer was like, here's some shots of her taking her clothes off, and then here's some shots of her getting kidnapped, and then spoilers. her spoilers. This one would be like, she had her clothes on the whole time in the trailer. I did not expect them to be off in the movie. <laughs> she's misrepresented. Oh, yeah. No. So, yeah. So. Woman's a bitch, and she yeah. needs to go away. It's, I mean, it's stupid litigious, and yeah. there's no point. There's no reason for yeah, that. Yeah, that will go nowhere. Yeah. She's uh, probably like... You know what else is going nowhere? Quickster. Yep. Because <laughs> they killed it. Thank God. Yeah, why would they uh, even change the name? Yeah. It's stupid. Oh, no, it was it was really stupid. And you know what? Now people are talking about the the idea that the guy who is the CEO of Netflix possibly stepping down. Uh, Netflix might be moving people around soon. But do you um, even how they, they read how they spelt Quickster? Oh, yeah. It was Q-W-I-C-K. Yeah. They should... Uh... We should call this segment, this part of the show, "The Quick and the Dead." <laughs> I kept, I kept reading that wrong on my, on my little cheat sheet because it says "Quickster Dead." So, yeah, yeah. So that dude's a clown. It's good. It's good because, yeah, it was stupid. It was such a dumb idea, and and the nice thing is this time they didn't put out some you know pretentious apology letter that was like, "We're really sorry. What we did was dumb." And, you know, it was a moment of arrogance. Yeah. Well, fool by me the once. way, would you like to buy into? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I do have some sad news to report too. Oh, do you? Um, the day Is it we the Quickster's dead. No, hey. no. The day we were going to see Piranha Three Double D and the Muppets, 
we can only see the Muppets because Pir- Piranha 3 Double D has been moved to really? an unspecified time in 2012. But I already requested that day off. I know. Maybe oh, we'll have man. to see another Wait, movie. It got pushed back to 2012? Mm-hmm. What? Wait, is it early 2012? I don't know. Are, it they, says, are they dumping that movie? I read on maybe a slash film. I don't remember. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes or something. It That's what it says. Sometime 2012. Oh, man. I think they're dumping it. Which is, I mean, so what? They were never going to make uh, Piranha 3 Double D, 3, 3D Cubed, Triple I, D. whatever it would be. Well, um, I mean, obviously, I mean, I think they'll still release it because they've obviously filmed it. And yeah. Oh, yeah. No, they're still going to. Uh, yeah. I just mean. It's, I'm guessing it's, it's going to be end of January, beginning of February. Because and it could be that that's actually better for it because well yeah it's gonna get know, crushed getting released at the same time of the Muppets is probably not gonna be very good. That was gonna get crushed. Yeah, and I think that's a week after the new Twilight movie, unfortunately. Oh, good. So <laughs> sorry, guys. Uh, well, the only other thing I have to talk about is, and you guys don't give a shit about this, uh, Dan Trachtenberg, who is um, one of the hosts on the Totally Rad Show. Uh, and he directed. Did you see that little short film, the Portal short film, that was like the live action Portal? Did you? Mm-mm. No. Well, it was really cool. Uh, and he also directed a, an episode of Black Box TV that was like a. It was a short film that I'm gonna spoil it for you, but it starts off and you think it's like a zombie movie, and then it's a vampire movie, which sounds really corny, but the way he does it is really really cool. And he got signed this week to direct this like actual movie called Crime of the Century that's based on something. I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, and I just want to mention it because I think it's really cool. And it's neat because I've, I've known this guy, or not known this guy, but I've been following this guy for, I don't know, five years now or something like that. And so it's sort of been cool to see him, you know, he was a he was a commercial director right out of the film school and everything, and he was making little things. It was neat to see sort of this progression to now, like, he's going to get a big-budget movie. Yeah. Um, and it'll be interesting to see if, you know, how much he's still on the show and things like that. But um, anyway, you should go check those things out because they're really cool. I like seeing stuff like that because, you know, like, the Mortal Kombat guy is basically the same yeah. thing where he's made commercials and he made, like, a pet project and it got him a huge gig. Yeah. And you guys did hear that there's a new Die Hard coming out, right? Yes, that's right. I was going to write that down because it's got a... It's that, what, what, that, that whole franchise now is... Getting close to having as horribly named movies as like the Fast and Furious. It's movies. called "Today's a Good Day to Die Hard." Is name it die doesn't even Die Hard. But why yeah, can't you just call it Die Hard? A good day to Die Hard, or yeah, a good day to Die Hard is kind of like the Klingon saying. Yeah. But so, a little Star Trek, but, but but how do you die hard? Exactly. That's that's. They <laughs> just go with Die Hardest. <laughs> they skipped that one twice already. Hard yeah. die. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Die I, harder. I would much rather it just be called Die Hard Five. But there's a great picture on Slash Film. It, a, it had that title, and it was a cartoony John McClane with like these uh, striped socks, and it was in the form of a Dr. Seuss book, and it said by Dr. Seuss. <laughs> it's a pretty cool little. Oh, uh, uh, yeah, that was good. That was really good. Cool. So, um, any, any more, news? more news? You got any news for me today, Brad? No. That's like our shortest news ever. Yeah, well, there wasn't a lot. No, not and, I mean, really. there was some big stuff, but it was like stuff... It was the end of stuff that we'd already talked about. Um, so, we'll go into what you've been watching. Brad, you actually watched something that me and James have watched this week. I know. We have so, we, we'll be able to talk about it. What did you yeah. watch? I watched all of The Walking Dead, finally. Oh, fuck. Wait, you hadn't seen The Walking Dead? No. I thought you were going to say Community, and I was really excited. <laughs> How had you not seen The Walking Dead? Because I don't watch 
TV. Oh. It's broadcasting. I watch it on Netflix. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it finally showed up on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> Cable's so, so sad. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed the first three episodes. The last three, not so much. Okay. So. Uh, now, did, I, you, did you, like, hate the last three episodes or... Uh, were they just sort of stale or not? Yeah, they're stale. Boring. They were not yeah. um, quite as amazing as those first three. Yeah, the, f- the first three uh, are really compelling. The bridge, like the fourth one's okay because the zombies raid the camp, but after that, it's just. And the fourth one is the Vatos one, right? Right. That's yeah. like the aftermath of the and that's camp the, raid. Yeah, that's the episode that's actually written by Robert Kirkman. Wait, that who, is the raid because they're gone. Right. Getting the guns. But, okay, you know, yeah. the fourth episode opens with that great uh, zombie turn by uh, Laurie's sister. I always... Oh, that's the name oh, of the actress. No, that's the fifth no, one. No, yeah, that's, 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 that's the, the fifth episode, yeah. No, I, I really like that moment right there where she it slowly is. turns into a zombie. That was pretty cool. Yeah, I like it too. So, but the sixth one was the worst because I felt it was just this dead... They're treading over the whole... You know, they've already... In the first five episodes, they've already dealt with, like, what would you do if you got... You know, would you... Live, want to live through the zombie apocalypse, or like they touched on that before, and they just really hammered it home that last one. And yeah, I agree. Uh, when they dumped off that one guy on the side of the road, it just felt really like boring. Like they held on to that moment for way too long. That comes back um, in season two. I think it will. Okay. Uh, well. I, I, if I remember, the most interesting the book, thing when was, that guy dies, he there is something interesting about. Um, him coming back in the book. But see, like, the problem is, is um, I've already just kind of spilled it for Brad, but Shane's not dead, so that oh, moment fuck. you're talking about... Like, oh, crazy, crazy spoilers <laughs> for, the, for the show. Laura should have covered her ears. But he's not. He's still alive in the show. I I know. Well, Shane. okay. I, and I guess... Uh, he's the dude who's sleeping with Rick's wife. Oh, yeah. And I guess, like, you know, it's a, it's a book where everybody dies. Eventually. So... <laughs> so all right, I don't want to say what I'm about to say. So I guess spoiling what you spoiled is not as bad because there's no, no, more no. to spoil about. Yeah, yeah. But right. so, because I think the part you're talking about is because Rick goes back and he runs into that guy, doesn't right. he? And then, but but him running into that guy tells you something about the way zombies work, yeah. um, because of the way that yeah anyway, yeah. Um, um, but yeah, no, I think uh, the opening, I think the first episode of The Walking Dead is one of the most amazing television episodes ever and the guy who rescues him the guy with the kid uh-huh. yeah that never goes anywhere yes it does oh it does well in season two <laughs> maybe no, no in like season four yeah, yeah. it's really far are you guys along talking about the, the graphic novel now yeah yeah well, it's okay, really far in the book <laughs> no i i know we, i know we can't do that yeah i mean I'm just talking I, about I disagree the show with you that that doesn't go anywhere because i feel like um with what they're trying to do, they want it to be sort of this slice of life is the wrong thing to say when you're talking about zombies. But they want you to feel like this is a lived-in world where there are characters that they will interact with and leave behind, and those characters that they leave behind will have uncompleted stories because that's sort of the way that in real life we interact with people. Mm-hmm. Um, so I disagree that that story in itself is not doesn't go anywhere. Well, as long as they've... As long as they're guaranteed or they're planning on bringing it back down the road. But, I mean, if Walking Dead hadn't succeeded, if it had right. been a ratings uh, failure, failure, then yeah, I, I was I talking know. to Brad. The, I the think, whole series would have ended really poorly. I, think, I don't agree. I think it's a bummer that it's only six episodes the first season. Yeah. Well, and there's there's one thing. Uh, there's well, 
I guess I'll talk about it now. Um, what happened was, the, okay, the, the CDC is never in the book. And the reason that that came up was that... Frank Darabont uh, stopped writing the last three episodes? <laughs> no, no, no. Frank Darabont, is, it's actually Frank Darabont's idea. Frank Darabont, in doing his research, realized that, or he already knew probably, that the CDC was based in Atlanta. And the book really does take place right outside of Atlanta. Robert Kirkman had no idea that that was true. And so he never touched on that subject. And when that fact came up, they realized, oh, we probably need to address this. Um, and it also, I think it's it's one of the times when um, the the world outside of the fans of the book sort of inter- you know gets in the way of that show where they felt like, they need to put to rest the idea that you are ever going to talk about a cure, that this is ever going to be about saving the world, because that's not what the show is about. And I think that makes sense for comic book fans, because they love the genre itself, but for just regular people who are going to watch the show, I think they need to be told, or, let me say, the writers thought that they needed to be told, we're never going to fix this. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So I think that's why they did the CDC, and I have hope that when they do future seasons, it won't feel that ham-fisted. Because I agree with you. There's not one center for disease control in the nation, though, right? No, but the the head of the CDC is in Atlanta. So if if there were some crazy future lab where they were trying to fix this at the last second when it happened, that's where it would happen, uh, most likely. They can't fix it in other labs around the country? Well, well he touches he, yeah, on that. Yeah, they, he, he talks about, like, there are other labs, but what I'm saying is you would you would expect that the the smartest people, the people who are really on the edge, are going to be at that CDC, you know, because that's where the CDC is based. That's all I'm saying. Hmm. Um, so they felt like they need to address it, and I, I agree with you. I think it's, it's clumsy, you know. Um, because th- what you want is basically just a show, well, or you, what you want is what the books are, where it's just people living in Georgia, and there are zombies, um, and hopefully that's where it goes. You know. I thought the coolest aspect was um, what's his name, uh, Michael Rooker's character, uh, Herschel. Uh, no, no, Herschel's the Daryl's the brother that's. Darryl still hanging out with him, right? um, Merle. Yeah, Merle. Is yeah. It Merle. Yeah. You mean the guy been getting left on the roof? Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought that never gets obviously again another one of those things that they're gonna probably touch on later. But you know the idea that there's not just zombies to be afraid of. There's oh yeah, oh yeah, lunatic. Oh, well, yeah. and that, that really. I should let you borrow the. Uh, He's like the most ter- first sixty ep- uh, issues I have. I have the whole like graphic novel. It's this big. And you should read it. it and I would, I would say, um, I think probably everyone should read the first trade. If if you enjoyed the season, I think everyone should read the first trade because, while I believe they're going to do a great job, I I really don't know that the twist that happens at the end of the first yeah. trade is ever going to be done as brilliantly as it is in that book. It's a thing, you know. Comic book fans all over the world know, like, and it's it's a weird. People spoil things on the internet all the time, but no one touches Robert Kirkman. Robert Kirkman has twists in both of his main books, Invincible and The Walking Dead, and everybody knows there's sort of this unspoken rule that you don't spoil that twist, you know, because he does them so well that when they happen, it totally changes the book. Um, and The Walking Dead is really good. Uh, really good. And I there is a little thing at, when I watch the trailer for season two, where uh, Rick 
is running up to the farm and he's holding something. I'm like, okay. Yeah. It's definitely gonna they definitely waited a little longer, but it's definitely gonna happen in this one. <laughs> yep. Um So anyway, then I watched the Mary Tyler Moore show and that's <laughs> it. So Ryan. Wait, yeah. but how many seasons of Mary didn't you get it like last week and did I hear you say season eight? Yeah. Season eight? Oh, you just got season eight last week. Yeah, it's been out for a while. I just haven't oh. picked it up because, you know, it was on sale. So yeah, cool. So yeah, when, did, well, when was the Mary Tyler Moore show made? Like seventies, seventies, seventy. I think from seventy to seventy-eight. Yeah. Um, but hey, tune in this Sunday. The new season of The Walking Dead starts. Yes, it does. Um, the, and then know, uh, afterwards, they're gonna have The Talking Dead with uh, Chris Hardwick and you know some of the creators and stuff. So it's kind of cool. It's like Which DVD, might be good. It it's might a be DVD horrible. extra after the show. Yeah. Um, actually, I really didn't watch too many movies this week, but I did watch a really fascinating documentary called Six Days to Air about South Park. And it was uh, it was crazy. They It starts oh, yeah, with um, them just finishing the Book of Mormons about to open. And then they have six days to put out an episode of South Park. And the process of how they make it is pretty amazing. Uh you know, Trey Parker comes in and they're shooting these ideas back and forth. And I didn't know Bill Hader's a writer on South Park. Mm-hmm. Didn't know. I did. Yeah. And uh, but anyways, so they're in there talking, and then uh, they come up with the human centipede bit, <laughs> and that's the only scene they had. And then they wrote the rest of it. And Trey Parker's trying to write this rest of the script. It, it was fascinating how these guys work. And he wrote the last four scenes of the episode three hours or something like that before it had to be delivered to a satellite station to beam it to comedy central so they could air it. And he was like freaking out because they showed him and Matt stone. Um, everybody was asleep in the South park studios because they all work on it all day long, but he still, he has this thing where he paces and he's pacing back and forth trying to think out. He's like, my, my show's like 40 minutes long. I need to make it 23 minutes. And it's, and he's getting all the pressure from, um, the book of Mormon and he won the Tonys, like, in between. And, and this week he still has to get the show out. And it's re- you should watch it. It's really kind of cool. Yeah, I'd seen a trailer for it. And, it and the funniest, actually, what the part that made me laugh the most is they have a girl who's, like, a, a producer on it. And she's there. And I always wondered how they got away with the stuff on South Park. She's, like, their liaison to the standards and practices. And she's on the phone talking to him. And she says, yeah, yeah, the Chinese guy eats uh, food and then he shits in kyle's mouth and then is that okay no you don't see the shit and then uh then they cut to trey park says yeah they're usually pretty cool with us it's like oh it's just south park <laughs> so it's it's a really fascinating documentary and i i you should re- definitely watch it because where did you see it was it on it's uh, on comedy central oh you was just they just showed it yeah. on comedy central okay so maybe um and if you guys you know can't find it uh, i saved it on my dvr so you can cool Sweet, yeah i want to see it so it's it's just yeah. it's a really fascinating little looking because you don't really get to see into what how they make the show right and yeah so i i recommend everybody check it out because those guys are freaking geniuses i had seen a i had seen a trailer for that and uh right after i get a couple weeks ago 60 minutes did a special on them where they did well there were sort of a couple videos but the main one was them interviewing the people and talking about exactly that like how they make their shows and and their you know how the book of mormon came to be and all of that and those trey parker and Metz don't have a really interesting um it's it's like uh Troy and Abed from yeah from community they're they're um 
relationship, their uh, professional relationship is fascinating. Those two guys are, co- are closer. At one point, Matt Stone said, like, we know each other better than we know our wives or our wives know us. Like, we have spent so much of our lives together. We really know everything about each other. You know, at this point, when, when one of us is telling a story to the other one, the other one was there too, you know? So it's not even like they talk about things. It's just that they they just bounce ideas off each other and create South Park, and that's all they do. Yeah, they it's do. It's fascinating. They talk about that too because they uh, Matt Stone said, yeah, I have been offered directing gigs on movies, and, and he tells them, he says, I'm not a director. Like, I literally just give Trey ideas, and he writes and directs, and I do voices. I don't know how to direct. I can't do it. I can't delegate. And he says, and then they cut to Trey Parker, and he says, I can't do anything with that, Matt Stone. <laughs> you know, I might direct, but he's the one who's telling people to fuck off. And it's a really interesting. Yeah. You're right. It's an interesting dynamic. And I uh, watched season six of How I Met Your Mother. <laughs> which is Oh, that was last season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've, seen, I've, I've seen most of the episodes, but then I, I missed some in between. It's a great season. Brad, love, you don't watch that show, do you? Then I, I can spoil it. some things. Man, the episodes with John Lithgow are They're just great. really, I mean... Like heart wrenching in ways that you would never expect a sitcom like that to be. And you know what I love too is the character of Barney, who started out the most one dimensional on the show, Absolutely. has grown into the most dynamic, dynamic three dimensional character on the show. Absolutely. Laura doesn't like the show, but um, what? Yeah, I mean, even <laughs> How I, I Met Your Mother. mother. Um, but even I the mean, episode I've seen it before, where Marshall's father dies. But you told me about the countdown, and then this time I watched it. You can actually see. Oh yeah. It starts off at like fifty. That. And throughout the whole episode, it goes 49. It counts down to, like, the big moment where his father dies. It's and really that, fascinating. That moment is just, it just but kills. The, but and the next you, episode, When you've oh, been man. watching that show for five seasons, and all of a sudden, Marshall's dad dies, like, it just kills you. Yeah, because he's... he's he, he was such a fun character, and to see... And, and because Marshall's such a fun character, that to then see that sobering moment, and the way that he and Lily react, it's just... And I'll say this I've again. I've never seen something Allison, like that. Allison Hannigan, when she cries, breaks my heart. Oh, she does. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, you know, that's I've said great since moment. I started watching that show that it's almost a shame that it is a sitcom, that it has a laugh track, that it has all of those tropes that are, I mean, detrimental to every other show that is a sitcom, and probably to some extent detrimental to How I Met Your Mother. But that show transcends any kind of sitcom like that I've ever seen. But the show's so brilliant. I didn't see the episode. Sorry, this is the last thing I'll say about it. Um, there's an episode where Bob Saget, who's the narrator, who's telling the story of how he met his mother, he can't remember the story he's telling. And Neil Patrick Harris looks at the camera and he's like, come on, dude. <laughs> it's kind of really funny. <laughs> yeah, uh, every time they, they break that wall, it was really good. Uh, yeah, so that's what I watched this week. Is that it? Yep. All right. Dude, have you guys been watching Judge Mathis? Because this week, like, these, these <laughs> two, this couple got on there. Me and Brad and, like, had a moment. Like... The dude was totally stealing money from this bitch, and he totally owed her like $700, right? Mm-hmm. And he never paid her, and he was calling her like a hood rat, and Judge Mathis went off and was like, no, you don't, that's a disrespectful term, you don't call names in here, I don't want to hear any of that. And then, when he asked the woman, like, tell me your side of the story, he was like, now when you tell your side of the story, don't say any, don't call this guy any names like Bald or Leech or any of that and listen to all these funny things about, <laughs> oh, it was the best. Man, that show is great. I'm so glad it's on during my work breaks. <laughs> anyway, uh, I also remember last week I told you guys about um, American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Did either of you catch the first episode? No. Okay, well, the second episode's not as good. Mm. Uh, yeah, I told you last week I want that show to slow down and, like, really invest in that story and in those characters 
this week, like, they're running around the house. There's a guy with an axe killing people. Like, some crazy... The actual plot itself where these sort of young kid horror fanatics who really think it's cool that this house is, like... There have been all these murders and stuff. Break in and kidnap the people and are like, we're gonna... We're gonna replicate the time that this one guy... These two people were murdered in this house with you people. And that would be an interesting story if it had been set up over multiple episodes and then suddenly executed and you're like, oh my god, this is really horrible and suspenseful. But it's really not. Um, it's th- This episode was not creepy and scary the way that the first one was. There's weird shit that just doesn't get explained. Kate Mara showed up in this episode, who I really like, but uh, it's not in a very interesting character. And I think I'll watch one more and then stop watching, which makes me sad because that was... The one show so far this fall that I enjoyed. Um, the other thing, I, wa- I rewatched Almost Famous this week because I don't think I've ever really seen it uncut all the way through. And that movie is great. If you have not seen Almost Famous, you need to see that movie. Red? I've seen it, but okay. I, don't, I don't remember it. Like, the, you know what I remember it. about it? There's oh. a Rod Stewart song in it. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh, good. And I'm a Golden God. I remember that part. Oh, yeah. I haven't, yeah, seen, yeah, that. Yeah. I haven't yeah. seen that in a while. It's great. You know, it's like an. It's sort of a pseudo-autobiography of Cameron Crowe. Um, and then the last thing I watched, which neither, neither of you can talk about, uh, Breaking Bad's finale was this week. I heard it was great. Oh, man. This show... After hearing that <sighs> season five like was a dip, and then all of a sudden it has this amazing finale. That's what I, I never thought it was a dip. I mean, I, it was slower than some of the other seasons because things just kept getting worse. You know, it was like this snowball where you knew these two forces sort of, well, Walt and the bad guy are these things are kind of come to a head man, does it and it they did something they they tested credulity there is a moment, and people who have been watching the show know what I'm talking about, there is a moment that is super extreme and gory, and it happens and you think, that can't happen in the real world but it, they sell it so well and the thing, the like, the special effect that happens right before it is so real that you're like, okay, maybe that can't happen. And then it cuts away, and then they never talk about it again. But it was so insane that it, I, I went back, even though it was gross and horrible, I went back and I rewatched that little bit just again and again because I just thought, no way, they just fucking did that. That was insane. <laughs> All right, James, I'm gonna see you later. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the, the weird thing about it is. <laughs> The weird thing about it is the way the season ends, with the exception of one loose end and the fact that Walt is alive. Um, Dude, come on. Well, well, <laughs> the show is—I mean, the show is about Walt, so you know he's going to be alive until the end of the show. And you know, if you know anything at all about the show, because it happens in the pilot, he has uh, terminal lung cancer, so he's going to die. Um, eventually, he's going to die, and he's not dead yet. James, so the show can't we're be all over. going to die. Yeah, <laughs> I know, but. Um, other than that, what I'm saying is the show could have ended here. Like, the last shot of this show could have been the last shot, you know? Uh, so it's really interesting. And I, they have I, one more season or two? They have one more season. So it's the like, final it's season... It's got a bunch of episodes. Like, it's a longer season Yeah, it's usual. like a 16-episode yeah. season, I think, or something like that. And basically it's going to be Walt and his best friend coming to a head. Like, they've been through all this shit, and then they have to sort out everything that's happened. And that's going to be the whole last season. It's going to be amazing. It really, this season has launched that show into maybe my favorite show on television. It's it's unbelievable. It's actually a show I'm planning on starting next. Yeah. I think it's on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. yeah it that's is. why. 
Yeah. Whew. Yeah. Man. It's like Mad Men, Dexter, and Breaking Bad are like the well, three new shows. Make sure you take, wanna... re- drink a lot of Red Bull before you watch Mad Men. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Men is amazing. But watch Breaking Bad first because I think Breaking Bad might be better. Yeah. Is it weird that when my wife gives me a dirty look, I think she's really pretty? Because <laughs> when I said Mad Men was boring, she gave me the dirtiest look ever. <laughs> See, at first, like, I only heard it was boring from you, but I've been hearing from other people it's boring, too. So. Yeah. Some people, here's but the thing. I you, did you watch just one gotta... episode of Breaking Bad on TV from this season. Mm-hmm. Just I was, It happened to be there, and I felt that episode was boring. So, Well, here's the thing. Breaking Bad is, is very um, serialized. I really don't think you could ever jump in because... Uh, I watched 24, and that's like as slow as you can get. No, 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 no. Because this is like, you know, certain characters are responding certain ways to things because of things that happened multiple seasons ago, and like, like that. The the show is very entrenched in what has happened. So I think jumping in, you might be so lost and not know it that when things happen, you might think it's boring. That's all I'm saying. Like, give it, give it a few episodes. Yeah, I'm gonna give it a chance. I, I'm saying start thing. from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to convince anybody that a show that they don't like is good, but give it six episodes or so at least. Yes. Um, An episode from the fifth season isn't a good place to start. <laughs> I, yeah. No, not at all. I mean, I I say six episodes because that's how many time ta- how many episodes of The Wire I have Who's watched. This paralyzed twice guy. Why are they going to the like... parking lot? Why is there a camera under the car? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that's everything I saw this week. Nice. So before we see the trailer of The Thing, James, should people go and watch The Thing? Absolutely, they should. Brad? Meh. Um, I might have to watch it again before I can recommend it. But hey, here's the trailer. You might want to wrap it up in a couple of days. Yeah, why is that? The last place you want to be is cooped up with a dozen Norwegian guys. (laughs) We estimate it's been here 100,000 years. That's not possible. This thing attacks its prey. Copies it perfectly. And then hides inside it. Not all of us are human. The story is a prequel to a remake. Basically, it's a prequel to John Carpenter's because the original movie, if you've seen it from 1952, isn't anything. A little bit like John. Story. Basically, I mean, it's an Antarctica and it deals with an alien, but people are always going in and out of doors. It's it's really bizarre. (laughs) Like, and and then the alien doesn't look scary. Obviously, it's a B 1952 movie. It's all right. But I mean, then you know, John Carpenter's the thing is really really good. John Carpenter's the thing is is a masterpiece. As far as I'm concerned, it's a it's a masterpiece of horror and suspense, and I think that's one. important to keep in mind as we talk about this, because that's how I frame my reaction to this movie. Because I think the bar is set so high that we, it's hard to not compare to that movie. Yeah. And if you do compare to that movie, this movie will never be good. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I mean, I'll set up the the story. Uh, Kate is Mary Winstead, Mary, Mary Elizabeth Mary Winstead, Winstead, whatever. And why does everyone have three names now? And Mary Winstead is Kate in it, and they she's a paleontologist, or yeah, yeah, she's a paleontologist. Which doesn't and, make sense. 
Yeah, and so she goes to Antarctica because they found some organism encased in ice, and that's her specialty. It's actually exactly like the beginning of Alien vs. Predator. It is, except it's way cooler looking for some reason. This is true. And uh, Well, uh, Paul W. Anderson is the reason. Yeah, so she goes there, and they find a spaceship and this organism encased in ice. And, of course, it gets out. And I don't know how it busted out in a perfect square... <laughs> <laughs> and it's do you notice that like the block of ice when it busted only out the top of the ice shattered yeah only yeah. the top got shattered that was a little bizarre yeah it's, it was well um, I have a feeling that that's because when they find the ice in the thing that that's how it's shaped oh maybe maybe you're right because that's the thing there, there that's the thing oh I'm gonna catch myself doing that the whole <laughs> night um, there are a couple of things in this movie that are clearly forced because they have to match up with John Carpenter's The Thing mm-hmm. you know and I think that's one of them okay yeah I guess that makes sense so yeah, well, they, as someone who hasn't seen John Carpenter's <laughs> The Thing. Oh, that's right. You haven't seen. John I have a different perspective. I have no. I can't connect those missing pieces. Right. But you know, I thought the movie it, it had moments where it was really suspenseful. Mm. Um, surprisingly, the moment where you know they found out that it it can only create organic material, so people with feelings obviously couldn't be the monster. Um, and she went around. I thought that was actually kind of uh, suspenseful when she's checking oh, people's yeah. mouths. And Absolutely. Because you got caught up in the moment. You're like, oh, who is this guy? I mean, just because they don't have feelings doesn't mean – I mean, I don't have feelings. So could I be the monster? Yeah, exactly. Of course, yeah. Yeah. feelings. Yeah. 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 You know, it's funny. Or you could have never had feelings. Exactly. Yeah. After the podcast last week, Laura asked me something about horror movies and whether or not – because I said something about – you know, I'm not really a horror guy. Um, and I think that the thing – is exactly the kind of horror movie that I like. Like, sort of traditional horror movie where they are out to scare you. But what's cool about The Thing, John Carpenter's The Thing, is that the, you know, yes, there's all this gross stuff and that stuff is really frightening, but the heart of the movie is at this sort of doubt, you know, this idea that, yeah, the paranoia that you don't know who is the thing and who's going to kill you and that that is really what is amazing about these movies to me and that scene with the teeth is that you know yes yes you're in suspense because you don't know if you know she's going to look in somebody's mouth and like a thing is going to shoot out at her and eat the you know eat the flashlight or something crazy you know your mind is going wild with what could happen um but the other problem is you know they test everybody's teeth well then something crazy happens and then you don't know you, you, all of a sudden you're back to square one you don't know if anybody who's the thing and who's not who's got feelings and all of that and so that paranoia is is it's not always present in this movie the way that it is in John Carpenter's The Thing and that's why I say that that movie is a masterpiece but this movie is fun and you know scary at times and then there's some cool CG stuff so I think it's you know if you compare it to John Carpenter's The Thing clearly it's not anywhere near as good but if you compare it to most horror movies that I've seen, I think this is certainly way better. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. To me, I didn't think it was very scary at all. Like, there's no part where I'm like, oh, this is terrifying. Um, I, I don't think it's I, I scary. I mean, there's some... There's, there's effective some... parts. I mean, when the spider thing was crawling and all those two heads were backwards, I mean, it's effective. Yeah. But, you know, I... It was all right. And that's why I said maybe I have to see it again. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. It's not like I didn't like the movie. But it's one else I didn't have very high expectations for. So that I found myself enjoying it. it yeah. I mean, it, I mean, I guess that speaks for itself, but I, I didn't, I don't know. I think I have to watch it one more time. I might not go see it in the theaters, but right. I, I just think I need to absorb it again, if that makes any sense. Um, I would say I don't think that the person who thought up the monsters in this movie 
is as fucked up in the head as John Carpenter and the people who made his movie. Because <laughs> that movie, the shit you see is disturbing. Like, the monsters in that movie are really disturbing. And there's some, there's some cool... That's the thing. The monsters in this are more cool, freaky than they are disturbing. Like, really getting at you. And at first I thought they were. Like, the guy in the helicopter that first breaks, like, when his face just sort of slides a little, mm. you know? And then he's still mostly human, but with his face. I thought, yes, you, you triggered into what was so scary about John Carpenter's The Thing. And I'm sort of spoiling this for you, Brad, since you haven't seen it. But in John Carpenter's The Thing, The Thing, wow, uh, maintains a lot of human-looking stuff, you know? Yeah. Like, there is a moment with, like, an upside-down head spider thing. And what's disturbing about that is that it's still a human head. Like, it's a fucked-up alien thing, and it's got these weird tentacles and shit on it, but it's still a human head, you know? And when things remain human-looking, that's when they're the most scary. So, like, the lady that's really just mostly teeth running at people, or the monster at the end, is not as disturbing as it is just sort of... Like, freaky, and that's some pretty neat CG. Look at the way those two guys' faces melded together. Like, that's kind of cool. But it wasn't... It didn't get at you. Like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm looking at this, you know? Yeah, you know, too, I can't really pick out a part where I didn't really like the movie. Does that make sense? Where I I can't look at it and say, oh, I didn't like that. That's stupid. Like, nothing was done poorly. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I thought the movie was shot well. I thought, like, uh, the the acting was good in it. And what was the dude from Lost? What was his name? Uh, What's his name on Lost? <laughs> oh, Mr. Echo. Mr. Echo, yeah. Say, the black guy on there. Real name. Mr. Echo. So yeah. that was cool as in that. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, what did you think, Brad? I mean, I couldn't pick apart anything that I really didn't like. Uh, I don't know if I can accurately review it either, that like well either, because of that guy sitting next to me with the cold was really distracting. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, he's yeah, pretty You did bad. have a bad experience. So, like, and this is a movie where... I was sitting there worried if I was... Like, the you're atmosphere. Re- you're required to get into that atmosphere. And I know, feel I'm supposed isolated to sit in this, and, yeah feel the suspense but i'm constantly being you know woken up and taken out of it by not only is he have a cold which you know people go to yeah, people theater, have colds but yeah, this guy okay. is visibly and audibly still very ill <laughs> and not only did he go watch the movie like he, he had a date i guess or whatever someone he was with so he's like well i guess he decided to go with them you know just but out of courtesy i like i wouldn't do that yeah. if i was that sick but not only that, it was, or you wouldn't sit that close to people. Like there was plenty of room. Yeah, in sit. Yeah, sit somewhere else or something. But and um, didn't his phone keep on going off? I kept on hearing this weird say, chime. Not only did he go sick, but he also went sick and just texted on his phone the whole time. Was it? Oh, did, what did he have a weird chime? I kept on hearing a chime in the movie. I heard a chime a couple times. Okay, or maybe it wasn't him. Well, but there was there, I think off, but... I think the chime was forward. Yeah, but my right. phone didn't. <laughs> my phone's on vibrate. Though. I just saw the light going off the whole time. You know. Yeah. I'm trying to watch what this dark movie, and then yeah, and yeah, he's. He's that should have made it getting worse. me sick, and then as he was coughing, I don't you care should have about been this like, movie. "Oh my god, he's the thing." Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was sucks. actually thinking like, "This is an interesting parallel." <laughs> I'm watching a movie about people getting infected, <laughs> and here's this yeah. guy over here about to infect me. So, and it does. The, but the one thing that I miss the most in this movie is uh, is that score, which we talked yeah. about at the end of the movie. It, like at the beginning of the credits, they play a little bit of the score from the thing. Which is a brilliant thriller score. John Carpenter writes really good music. He does, he does, and it's just it's just this like little tinny sort of tone that just sort of repeats. You know, it's very reminiscent of like a Jaws theme or something like that. Or his Halloween theme. That's I mean, mm. it reminds me yes. of that. It's yes, yes, absolutely. The Halloween theme. For uh, sure. 
yeah, so he has that kind of subtlety in all his scores. Yeah. Even in his... Yeah, and I thought you're right. The the score was really unusual when they went and saw the spaceship for the first time. Yeah, it's that like was too pretty... too big. Yeah. I don't know. It was, I don't know. It seemed really out of place there. Yeah. I guess that's I really mean, the only thing I did. During most like. of the movie, I think the score is decent. Yeah. But then again, especially when you then play the score at the end, like I feel like look, you, know, you could have used that good score. Yeah. You know, you had, again... A great score from a masterpiece movie. Just use that score. Like, have somebody come in and, you know, reinterpret that score. You know, you're not doing... It's one thing, like, in the new Star Trek, where he didn't use that score until the end because he felt like, no, we're creating this world, and then at the end you're going to have this moment of, like, hey, now it's Star Trek. He wasn't doing that. Like, this this is the thing, and that score is so good at setting this tone and making everything scary. Just go ahead and use it, and use it right... Um... So you know, I but again, that was the score they used wasn't bad. They didn't do anything wrong. No, they just weren't John Carpenter's the thing. Yeah, you know, I think my maybe my biggest. Um, it's not really even, a, I guess, a pet peeve. I think sometimes audiences are so, so stupid. Um, the they, he focused too much on that dude's earring. I thought there could be a more subtle way of uh, spoilers. Yeah, <laughs> the last dude, you know, they're riding in that car. Um, cause I actually latched onto that immediately. I said, oh, that dude has an earring, so he's not the monster or the thing. And then when they were driving to the spaceship to confront the Norwegian guy, you know, he turns his head to the, look at her and like, you can see like the ring earring, like glistening and yeah. I, th- I said, they really didn't need to do that. I thought it'd be more effective if they just like subtly hinted at it. So I have a lot of questions. I, well, how did that guy I'm get really... affected? Oh, well, he was in the ship. There was clearly another thing in that ship, and then there was a shot where, like, you you heard something coming, and he turned around, and then we didn't see him again until the end. Okay. Yeah. And the thing can't replicate s- synthetic, like, ice arctic coats, but people are wearing them? Mm. No, I, I thought of that, too, but uh, maybe when it kills him, they, he puts on their clothes or something that's that's the only thing i could think of yeah i mean you 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 have a good point and how did you really do because i think that what you're with that that thing about fuck that that the whole them the thing thing not being the thing not being able to replicate like metal and stuff like that that might not be in john carpenter's the thing i don't think i don't think it is i don't remember because that movie is just like hey where'd this dog come from oh my god it's a thing and then like people die like there is no that you know that the difference between the two movies at some level is that John Carpenter's the thing is like, holy shit, there's a thing, and this movie is holy shit, we found this thing. What is this thing? You know, so there's more there's more plot in this movie that they have to sort of explain things. Where in John Carpenter's the thing, it's just like, the, what the fuck is happening? This is disturbing as shit. You know, uh, and I think that this movie suffers because of that plot. But what are you gonna do? Yeah. Anyways, you were saying about the earring. You looked like you wanted to say something. Oh, I was going to say, I was looking sheepish because I didn't catch... I didn't see his earring until the end Oh, really? Uh. Yeah, I kept kept seeing... Like, I kept thinking, like, why is she trusting this dude? Why is she not looking in his mouth and seeing if he's got feeling? What the fuck is going on? And I never saw his his earring. When that shot came up, I was like, this is a weird shot. And then finally I caught the the glimmer. I was like, oh, that's... I just must be a a really smart moviegoer then. No, I, the people I, behind you told you what you're well, supposed to look for. Well, they told me after uh, when he didn't <laughs> oh, have the earring. Yeah, yeah. But I actually I noticed it when he was uh, walking through the hallways mm. um, when he came back the first time uh, when he came in with Mr. Echo. Shoot, I noticed I he was wearing I'd, an earring. I wish I'd noticed that. 
course, then I would have hated that shot at the end. Whereas, whereas I thought that shot was just sort of like a Deus Ex of like, hey, just so you know, he's got an earring, so that later he can have an earring, you know. Um, but I, I did. I, I thought it was a great character moment though when she said, you know, your earring, and he touched the wrong ear. Yeah, I mean, yeah, doesn't say like it might have fallen out. Yeah, exactly. On the spaceship, so, so they covered their bases by having him go. Yeah, yeah, to the yeah. wrong ear. And I love yeah. that when he dies, he just dies. Yeah. Like he doesn't go crazy. He's just like, because then it's just you're killing a dude. You know, yeah. that was cool. I still I wished when the helicopter landed and the dude came out it was Kurt Russell, but you know it's just me. <laughs> oh, yeah. well, no, yeah, yeah. The whole credits thing, like it started off cool, and then they told so much of the story that it stopped being subtle and started being like, "Hey, you remember John Carpenter's The Thing? Remember how it starts? There's a dog." So, yeah, that starts with the oh, dog. Oh yeah, now. yeah, that's okay. gonna be your question. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The movie I think yeah. opens with the dog so running through and the, the helicopter gotcha. shooting at the dog, and they they find the dog and they're like, "Hey, what's this dog?" Well, it's a thing. And the guys in the helicopters don't show up in the movie. They with do. The dog? With, what happens? They get oh, shot down or something? Yeah, so like, I can't. I have to. I haven't seen the movie in years. But yeah, it crashes. I don't. Somehow Lars dies. Yeah, Lars dies. Who is an awesome character? <laughs> yeah, I love the uh, when she checked him and she he had feelings and he checked her and she had feelings and then he pointed that flamethrower at everybody else. Oh like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He gets loyal to her so quick that you're yeah. just like Lars, you're a badass. I like you, Lars. And we never know what happened to her. No, well, no, yeah, we do. Oh, yeah, I guess we do. Yeah, I'm trying to set up so people can watch that, the movie. That flash, <laughs> well, yeah, but but we do this so that we can spoil things because I think <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about it is that, um, shit, because Brad's here, I can't talk about that. But uh, do I find out what happens to her by watching the other movie? No, 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 no. Okay. But I mean, you know, because the flashing light, right? Right? You guys pick that up. What? Yeah. There's she has a flashing gas light on her on her car. Because the guy talks about, like, we have enough gas, we can get to the Russian station. Well, not in, in that car they do. In the car she gets in, she probably doesn't. And we have this very faint flashing light on her face for about six beats, and then, it, and then the movie goes black. And you're like, oh, shit. Yeah. She freezes to death in that car. Well, if she was smart, she would just go siphon the gas out of the other tanks. <laughs> well, it's probably about to explode. That's <laughs> the thing. I was waiting for that car to explode. And then, I thought you know, she was a thing too, because like that, it, the thing had her tentacles around her leg. I mean, it has razors on it, huh? She could turn into a thing, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You you don't know. <laughs> that's, the, that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing about it. Is. Yeah. Oh. So yeah. But I enjoyed it. I yeah, think. It was fun. I, yeah, that's just it. I think it was fun, and I don't think it. It certainly doesn't hurt John Carpenter's the thing. There's no way that it could. It kind of adds to it, you know. Yeah. You know. Uh, I like the fact that some of the, um, like the noises that you hear inside of the the ship at the end, are reminiscent of the noises the creature makes and and of the score in John Carpenter's The Thing, as those sort of tinny noises that anyway, little touches like that that I think are cool. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. Um, you know, I was looking at the schedule next week, and there's nothing I want to see. Um, really? What is it? It's Paranormal Activity three, which is it. terrifying. Have you guys seen the trailer? Uh, I don't give a shit. It's actually I getting good reviews, hands. unfortunately. Oh, I don't give a shit. And um, the Three Musketeers. Oh, fuck! Don't forget Johnny English Reborn. And Johnny English Reborn. Oh, God, you're killing me. So I was thinking our podcast next week is compile a list of your five favorite horror movies because this is Halloween. We did that on Nebcast though. Did we? So yeah. no one listens. We to did Nebcast. top ten. Top ten. But this is new. I mean, what, what do you want to do next week, then, Brad? Mine will just... all be like horrible horror movies that you guys don't like. So that would be interesting. 
I mean, that's one thing I can think of because it's close to Halloween. Um, the other question is if there's something still out that we want to see, but I don't think that there is. I don't really care about Ides of March. No. Um, and I don't what, think what are we going to do for Halloween, though? I don't know. Yeah, paranormal activity, margin call. You know what, real nerds fans? Write in. Tell us what you want us to see, and we'll go see it. No, they're going to make us go see Paranormal Activity 3. <laughs> oh, the week after that is either Anonymous or Just in Time. Oh, no, The Roman Diary comes out that week. I want to see Anonymous. I would rather see... You do not. As a writer, it really offends James. I, I, I want to see Anonymous because I want to see... Well, Will and you know, in, in, in all movie. fairness, we always pick movies we want to see. Maybe we should let Brad pick a movie we see. No, I... Hey, here's the thing. I am really tempted to go see Anonymous because of what I just said. I wanted like, to see it already, and then I heard Roland Emmerich directed it. Now I really <laughs> want to see it. Because I want to see how that's possible that he could... Because I heard it's a good movie, so I, I don't know how that director can make a good movie. Hey, hey. Hey, The Patriot's good. Besides Independence Stargate, Day. Stargate, Independence Day, <laughs> The Patriot. That's good. I mean, those movies are not awful. I love The Patriot. I love Independence Day. Nice. See? I love Stargate. So I guess he's, <laughs> you know, he's like the girlfriend we date for a little bit because we kind of like her, and then <laughs> we dump her eventually. So that's my idea. I'll that's, put, uh, but that's two weeks from now, so yeah, I'll put up solve our problem. For I will yeah, put up on real nerds. I'll put up a poll, uh, or we could go see the Three Musketeers, <sighs> and it'll have to be in three D because otherwise, why would you see it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that would see. Oh no, that just hurts my soul. So I'll put it up we on. Do a movie I'll put it up on real nerds. We can do a movie commentary. Um, I'll put movie commentary, horror, mo- our favorite horror movies, or a movie for this next week, and. We'll let our 12 people who like us on our page decide for us. <laughs> All right. I'm one of those people. Me so go too. on, fans. Help us out. Help us out. Help us form next week's episode. Please. I'm Ryan. And I'm Brad. I'm James. And we will see you next week, or you'll hear us next week, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Bye. Bye. And check out the Real Nerds Tumblr page. Oh, yeah. Hey. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you, you should like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. <laughs> Send your non-hate mail to... Send Real nerds at gmail.com. Send any kind of email. And you can also see our awesome blogs at realnerds.tumblr.com, which I need to put my last two Star Wars on there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You watched uh, Return of the Jedi. I did. How did that go? You don't like Return of the Jedi. <laughs> no log fucking way. Log on to way. find out. Yeah, log, log on to find out. Well, wait. <laughs> but I want to talk about this. Wait. Sorry, no you, more time. No, because you're born after <laughs> 1977. next week. You have to like Return of the Jedi because you were young enough that you... Uh, I came out in 83, correct? Oh, no, you're right. Oh. Um, I was born in 81. Um, I did grow up with Return of the Jedi. Right, but yeah, that's my point. Um, you were young enough that when you saw Return of the Jedi, the Ewoks were not complete garbage, so you're supposed to like that movie. They're um, adorable. How can you say that? I love so, Ewoks. So to, to piss people off on here and maybe send us get me some hate mail please do i will list you my star wars movies in the order of how i like them oh my god oh my god i'm gonna stab you number one turkey neck number one is uh the empire strikes back which to this day is an amazing piece of film absolutely um number two is a new hope which i love that movie too oh my god oh my god number three no is revenge of the sith uh number (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> number four is Return of the Jedi. Oh. Number five is Attack of the Clones, and number six is The Phantom Menace. That's insane. That is insane. So it's the last backwards. So um, yeah, Phantom Menace is not that bad. Uh, Still is. Nope. Phantom <laughs> Menace is the best of the people. 
false. Anyway, that was pretty good. Thanks, yeah. guys. Yeah, bye. See you next week. Bye. And cut. <laughs>